All right, welcome. This is Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Reiser, presented by Cretan Towns and Holmes. We're here at K Street Seafood Station here in Hammond. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alan Waddell. Glad to be back with you this week. I know Dr. Damon Sunday filled in for me a week ago, did a great job. I had the pleasure uh, and the privilege to be uh, on the presidential search committee. Uh, we'll have a new president here at Southeastern on Thursday. Uh, that's whenever they're going to meet with the UL Systems Board and that decision to be made. I'll tell you a little bit about that process coming up here on the program. I know that we have, I've had a lot of calls and a lot of text messages asking me, you know, about the candidates and about the process, and I'll fill you in on that uh, throughout the program. And and this is a good week to do it because we had a, a light week for baseball. You know, didn't yeah. have any games, had no games <laughs> over the weekend. The, the way the Southland Conference worked this year, um, uneven amount of teams, uh, the way the schedule just kind of got flipped around there at the end, uh, you know, it – we, we weren't able to get a weekend. I know Matt kept it in the back of his head that he kept trying to schedule people, even yep. if we had to travel. just didn't work out that way. So here we are in the middle of the season or kind of the three-quarters of the way done, uh, sitting here without a, a, a weekend, uh, really without a midweek game this week, and we'll strap it back up this weekend here at home against the Lamar Cardinals Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And at this time, I'm going to welcome to the show the head baseball coach of your Southeastern Lions, Coach Matt Reiser. And, Matt, really kind of an interesting uh, yep. situation with no games uh, and, and then no midweek games. So it's a big break right here in the middle of the season. But kind of the way things – I know talking with you – with, with some of the, the injury situations we've had, uh, you know, just kind of the way things had gone the last couple of weeks, maybe a blessing in disguise that this got dropped in Harris right at this point. Yeah, four conference weekends left, an opportunity to kind of regroup a little bit and, and go after it for these last four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had said uh, you know to the guys and, and Aussie in the preseason stuff that I wasn't really excited about having a bye weekend. You know, uh, we literally search high and low and everywhere over the country to try to find some type of games and – uh, you know, how this kind of manifested, obviously, we, like you said, we had the conference realignment. So, originally, we had the bye weekend field when we only had seven teams in the conference. We had Cal State Northridge coming in for Easter weekend, and then obviously did the realignment, rescheduling, and it changed our bye weekend. And by that time, everybody had already been fulfilled. The other part that played a part in this, obviously, you asked about the no midweek game this week. And uh, originally, you know, the back half of the year, uh, there were only there was only one midweek game that was that was scheduled it was LSU because we were doing four game weekends uh, with the conference having you know only seven teams and trying to get 24 games in so uh, you know again we we worked searched high and low and just couldn't find anybody uh, to to play and like you said at, at the beginning of it I wasn't very excited about that I want to play 56 every year the obviously the more games you play the better opportunity you got uh, to win as many games as possible uh, but like you said maybe this in reality was a blessing in disguise the way we had kind of got beaten up there in the lineup uh, allowed some guys to get healthier we saw that resurgence a little bit with you know having 11 good back in lineup last week against Lafayette and, uh, and obviously McNeese there for the weekend so it was good to see some of that stuff and obviously allow guys like Killingsworth to hopefully get healthier uh, you know Garcia is obviously he's not going to get healthier as it is but obviously you know figure out how to maintain this arm so to speak the the UCL Terry's got and uh and then also allowed you to get Kinsler back and the whole nine yards so Guth through this past weekend uh you know a lot of people say hey man what'd you do for 10 days you just take the 10 days off and so, no we didn't take 10 days off it's not a vacation obviously in the middle of the week but uh a time to decompress a little bit but obviously still get our work in so we actually inter-squatted there on Friday let all the relievers go for an inning and got a guy like Adam Guth back out on the mound who yeah. hadn't been out there since you know obviously the Auburn series who's out back healthy so that'd be nice to have that left 
goaltender back in there. You saw we used uh, Jackson Rodriguez in all four games the week before, right, uh, before Jackson State with DULL and, and McNeese. So it would be nice to have another left hand in that bullpen. So some things getting uh, uh, getting back to where it needs to be to, to get ready to make this run here at the end and, uh, you know, make a run here at the Southland Tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Southeastern in a little bit of uncharted water uh, for yeah. where we've been. Uh, you know, you look at the Southland conversations. We're going to go through all that here. And, uh, again, uh, you know, just, just call it like it is. If you look at it right now, we're, we're in last place. But yep. if you look up, you're, you're four games out of first. Yep. I mean, there's a lot that can happen in these last four weeks. Uh, you're going to take on some teams that you're, that you're chasing. Uh, certainly to have an opportunity to get into the uh, – you know, get get into that tournament and then make a run as it's going to be played over there in Lake Charles. And, and look, heck, you could win the league. I mean, yep. you know, you got a long way to go here yep. uh, with 12 games to go and only down by four, uh, you know, in first place. I mean, that's certainly uh, things like we've seen crazier things happen in, in, a, in a race when it comes to, uh, to a conference race. But, um, Matt, I know that you, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, I know you want to play that full schedule. You'd like yeah. to play that 56 games. And I know talking to you before the season. And then you had that game a few weeks ago. They got rained out at South Alabama. Has right. there been any talks with those guys? I know they come over here. Yeah, no, we had that April 19th. They kind of circled. And Can we play a, a double here? Event come up. You don't want to play a double. Just, you know, yeah. being the short week. Obviously, you're playing on a Tuesday. Play two games. And then, obviously, play the play the last week in the year, which is probably going to have a lot of implications on where you finish in the standings. So, uh, yeah, I think both, both teams probably aren't going to be, be conducive to that. Even if you do play two seven-inning games, maybe, you know, possibly, but, uh, you know, we'd have to discuss that and, and see what and that really, is. And really, a, you know, kind of an anomaly for for both teams really this year in the fact that not neither team is really chasing an at-large at this point. Correct. You know, yep. so it's all about positioning yourself in the league, yep. giving yourself an opportunity to, get, to have the best seed you can have, get to the conference tournament, and then try to make a run and get back to the postseason. So, right. uh, as it, so I guess as it stands right now, that's that game's not going to be made up. Correct. Yeah, that's where we'll be at. And then also, you know, at the, at the end of the year, you know, when you like this in this situation, like you said, you're not playing for that large anymore, but uh, you're trying to get as many guys out there to figure out those final pieces, right, to make you run. Who, there's always an emergence of a position player and an arm, you know, there at the end of the year that, that helps you win a championship, you know, in all honesty, that you kind of didn't really count on or they weren't having the greatest of years, and all of a sudden there at the end of the year they get hot and do what they got to do and uh, help you make that run. So you, you want to play as many games as you possibly can in the same sense as you got to be you know, uh, obviously full full health for the weekends to put yourself in a good position for the commerce play. Absolutely. We're just getting started here on Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Reiser. Uh, a, a strange week a little bit for us this week. Not a ton of content to cover because we don't have right. a game, but we're going to certainly fill this for you for an hour. We'll give you all the look inside the program. Uh, again, I'm going to give you an update on what's going on with the presidential search here in just a little bit as well. And then, you know, back half of the show, we'll get you ready for this weekend. Uh, Matt, a very important conference weekend uh, coming up. A big long break for our fan base, uh, not even able to see the Lions here at home, and you're not even able to follow us because we haven't been playing any games uh, the, for the last what ten days or so. Is that's going to be in between? Is it ten days between games? Ten is days. It ten days so. between games, uh, but a big series this weekend: Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Lamar Cardinals, another team that really got out of the gate really strong, yep. uh, and, and have struggled a little bit uh, here in conference play. And we're going to talk about that here coming up. So make sure you stay with us. We're going to be doing this for the next hour. We do this every Monday right here at K Street Seafood Station. This is Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Reiser, presented by Creighton Towns at Homes here on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back. This is Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Reiser, presented uh, by Creighton Towns and Homes 
here at K Street Seafood Station here in Hammond. We do this every Monday from 12 to 1 o'clock. Again, Lions with four big conference series left, a couple of midweek games in there as well, so 14 games remaining in this season as Southeastern uh, is in a spot where they got to they got to make a little run here. they got they got to get going uh, here at, down the stretch, uh, and it's going to start this weekend as they're going to take on the Lamar Cardinals. Um, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday right here in Hammond. Uh, no games for 10 days for Southeastern, so kind of a unique situation where they're sitting there, uh, you know, recharging the batteries, so to speak. Uh, but, Matt, you talked about it. You, you got work in. You got some younger yep. guys in there as well. You got some inter-squad work, so maybe some guys that haven't thrown as much as you'd like. Uh, talk about those processes. And I know, you know, going back to even a week ago, the last time we saw your team on the field, a 14-4 win over Jackson State, we saw some some young guys, uh, you know, Lake and Polk, Michael Curry with, like, the first career home runs. I mean, yep. so so one thing about this season at this point is some guys have kind of been thrown to the fire. You know, it's almost the exact opposite uh, of a year ago <laughs> where we is. were throwing all those young guys. This right. year has been the opposite. We're having to throw a lot of young guys in the lineup. Right. And you've seen some of those guys produce. So, yep. I mean, give us some of that uh, thought analysis on, on some of those young guys that have, that have gotten there and had an opportunity to be in the lineup here this year. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, obviously with the injury just created some other uh, opportunities for some guys to get in there and, and get some – Get some shots at it, get some cracks at it, and uh, you know, obviously we had the the suspensions there after Sunday's game against McNeese. So, uh, wanted to do everything we could to uh, obviously go ahead and serve those suspensions, get them out the way. Uh, are those cleaned up, Matt? Uh, I think we got two left. So, okay. you know, when you go back and you looked at and evaluated the the video, whatever, you know, they threw out or I guess gave post game ejections to anybody who was outside the dugout. It didn't include the guys who were, you know, just obviously, um, you know, picking up asphalt coming off the, the mound. They were already out there before the altercation even occurred. So we had 12 guys in total. Ten of them served the other night against Jackson State. Uh, we kept two of them, Polk and Curry, uh, from serving their suspensions just so that we could have, you know, obviously we had to have a catcher <laughs> for the game. Uh, Curry caught the whole game there, got the start, did a great job, man, made it, made a big loud uh, home run there that felt really kind of separated that ball game for us there late. And then uh, obviously, you know, Polk to come in and get that, that home run as well. We kind of saved him as an arm because we had a lot of arms out that were in that suspension as well. Uh, obviously, used a lot of guys that weekend against McNeese. You know, didn't want to use uh, Jackson yeah. Rodriguez, Lance Love. They had just thrown a lot on the weekend against Jackson State. So, Polky was kind of our, you know, uh, our playing hand, so to speak, to use either side of it, right, <clears throat> as a hitter or as a as an arm. Uh, and, you know, also came up with the, you know, the kind of the finishing touches there to, to Jackson State there on Tuesday night and got the big home run. So it was good to see some of those guys and those opportunities. You know, you've seen guys like Dane Watts obviously uh, become kind of more of a regular in the lineup, you know, obviously with the injury out to right yeah. field with Garcia. Uh, Mac Turner's got a shot, you know, the left field where he hasn't played since he was in, you know, probably in, in uh, middle school. Uh, we got a chance to stick him out there and get some ABs because he's going to be a, a, a really, really, you know, big-time player for us as years go along and uh, can really, really swing the bat. So, you know, it's been good to see those guys get those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. You know, Curry's done a good job of getting there and we just got the opportunity and, and swung the bat well. And so uh, now you feel a lot more confident. You know, you get in a tight situation. Hey, man, a guy's just not swinging it well. You can take a Michael Curry pinch hit him, man, and let him go, right? You get in a situation where you want to play – Maybe more of the bat. Hey, man, maybe you can stick him in there and let him start. I mean, he's not going to be overwhelmed by the situation by any means. So that experience is going to pay huge dividends down the road here. Like you said, on Friday we were able to get some guys in, you know, from a mound standpoint and get some inter-squad stuff in and continue to evaluate some things and, and, and continue to get better in what we need to get better in uh, in those areas to make sure, you know, we make this run here on the back half of the year. So, uh, again, I think a very productive weekend for us. Uh, you know, I, I thought Tuesday night Jackson State was – essential for us just after the heartbreaking loss to McNeese. I mean, 
again, it's easy to say, but, you know, Sunday, one swing of the bat, and, and you feel a lot better about where we are right now than, yeah. you know, and than where we currently are, obviously. You know, we've lost three series in a row, which is, I think, is the longest losing streak of series in a row since I've been here. Um, so, again, to be able to get back on Tuesday, to get back to, hey, man, let's get out there, let's get some things done, let's get back in the win column, felt really good to kind of put that thing to rest for 10 days, you know, as we work to, to get ready for Lamar. Yeah, absolutely. Going back, and you might, you guys might have covered this last week, but I want to know, so I'm asking yep. the question. Going back to the uh, the suspension deal, uh, and, and anybody who, if you don't know what we're talking about, the last game of the series against uh, McNeese, uh, certainly not a lot of love lost between the two programs. There's been so much success between both programs and playing for championships. It seems like every yep. year against each other, we dogpiled on their field last year to win the conference championship, and emotions got a little high uh, in, in that situation, and – there was a, a situation where both teams kind of—I don't—it wasn't really a fight, but they kind of right. came out of the dugout, and there was some, some emotions. But so when they give you, when they sit there and do a suspensions like that, do they just kind of give you institutional control to, to decide when you're going to do that? I mean, how, do, how does that, how does that process work? If they're throwing an in game, it's immediate. So you know, asphalt has to be served consecutive four games in a row after the ejection, and then uh, you know, Grzaffy had to serve his right after because he was thrown out in game. When so the, wait, so four games in a row. So Dalton's not available this weekend. Correct. He'll be out okay. this weekend. Uh, so then, uh, and that's why, again, we were trying to schedule games. Hey, man, if we yeah. can at least get one scheduled, then you can put them on the 30-man roster and have them for Sunday, right? Uh, yeah. If you get in that situation from a bullpen standpoint and just, uh, again. The game within the game. <laughs> the game within the game. I mean, we, we literally reached out to everybody, you know, from NAI to, to D2, D3s. I mean, just anything that we could get, you know, just we needed one for sure. But obviously it didn't happen. So, um, hey, man, you know, moving forward, obviously, yeah, th those were – those are immediate suspensions when they're throwing out in-game. The post-game ejections so that you don't get in a situation because if we had to serve all those suspensions right after, we literally would not have a catcher. We had all four catchers uh, were suspended and our bullpen catcher suspended as well. So uh, there was nobody with any catching experience. So they allowed you to stagger that so you don't put yourself in a disadvantage right in, in the middle of the season uh, when you're trying to make a run and do some things. And so uh, we were able, again, to serve the majority of those there on, on Tuesday night. We'll have a couple more to serve that one-game suspension. I asked will continue to serve his through the weekend uh and then we'll be able to move forward from there so the weekend this this past weekend what, what was the schedule i mean what yep. did you did you did y'all you, you work every day what, what was the what did you do with those guys yeah you know um in in some of this stuff you need they need some time to hang out together uh, i thought we sure. thought that was important we need time to refresh the bodies a little bit uh you know you're going four and five games a week so we go you know, obviously tuesday we we played jackson state and wednesday thursday got effort practice wise uh, Friday didn't look good weather-wise when we originally tried to schedule this. We tried to go Friday morning with our inner squad. You know, we went a full nine inning uh, inner squad and uh, had to back it up to middle of the day. So we, we were able to get it in, and you know, the sun started shining there on the back half of the day. It looked gorgeous, and we got a good nine innings of baseball in. So uh, after that, I gave them Saturdays are off day. Uh, you know, to be able to get back and kind of refresh a little bit, but they they got together as a club and did a little crawfish bowl and just, you know, a little team camaraderie stuff, you know, kind of continue awesome. to build those relationships. And then, uh, you know, came back last night and had practice last night at 6 o'clock, 6.30, whatever time it was, and, you know, a couple hours together, kind of continue to get ready for the week. So I, I thought it was a good little 36-hour period for those guys to kind of decompress a little bit, uh, be able to kind of refresh their bodies a little bit uh, to be able to get ready to make this run here at the end. You know, I, I I can remember in years past, Matt, where you've had a you know maybe a guy that on the mound especially, you know maybe hit a little bit of a wall and you just wanted yep. to give him a weekend off, yep. you know maybe and just kind of recharge and get him ready for that down stretch. Yep. Well, now you've had an opportunity with all your guys. No doubt. So you would think, uh, you know, really with the back end after this, with four really four starts to go, if you're a yep. starting pitcher. 
um, and then into the conference tournament. You know, this would really catch a stride. Time, time, yeah. timing wise, I, mean, I don't know if it could ask for any better, man. Yep. To be honest with you, yep. it really sets you up here with four weeks to go. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, a lot of favorable situations here. Again, you know, not something we wanted from the beginning. Absolutely. But, uh, again, a blessing in disguise to be able to put us in a great position to make a run that we got to make. And like you said, you have a great weekend this week, and all of a sudden you're right back in the race. I mean, that's just how 100%. tight this thing is. You know, Incarnate Word lost this weekend, and uh, you know, gained the game, and then obviously Nichols we still have on the schedule. Uh, you know that they're they're eight and four, so I mean, uh, you know, you can close the gap there quickly with three game sets and series. So, yeah, again, it's important weekend, like you said, but every weekend will, and and the magnitude of every weekend will continue to increase until the end of the season. We got a little train coming through, so kind of bear with us here if it's not too loud. And one thing I'm anxious to, to watch out of is. Uh yeah, you know what? Well, no, I think I think I'm okay. I was, I was going to take a break, but I think I think I'm okay with it right here because it's not too loud. But you know, one thing I'm interested to see, and you don't have to comment on this. It's just me as a fan looking right. at this. You know, a couple of the teams certainly at the top right now. You know, Nichols, UIW, they're not used to being there, and right. I'm anxious to see, you know, how they play here, kind of with that target on their back a little bit instead of trying to. You know, they're not sneaking up on anybody now when you're coming in your first, second in the conference with four weeks to play. Right. You know, how do you handle that pressure? Yeah. And you know that, Matt, from seems like competing for this thing every year for the last ten years. Um, yep. You know, these last few weekends, it's different. You know, it's different whenever you're trying to chase a championship. And uh, and we'll see how those teams react to that. Again, Southeastern's remaining four conference weekends. Lamar, uh, Houston Christian. Uh, we're going to take on Northwestern State and then Nickel State. So obviously, a lot of room can uh, can a lot of these can change in the next four weeks. Two more. Uh, midweek games, obviously you have LSU here at home and South Alabama here at home. So a lot of home games in this stretch as well, yeah. uh, Matt, here as the year goes on. Yeah, eight of our final 14 are at home. So yeah, more, more than 50% of them here at home to be able to finish off the season. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's always nice to be here at this ballpark and, and, you know, defend your home turf and that kind of stuff. But uh, like you said, it's just it, – it's about – we talked about it. It's really easy – we talked about it last night. You know, hey man, you can look at the schedule, and really, there's nobody on the schedule. You just go, oh my God, that's who we got to play. That's who we got to get through exactly. to, to get where we want to be, right? Uh, in the same sense, you can't start looking ahead to Nichols or Houston Christian. Like, you know, when you're in this position, you literally take it a day at a time and be the best version of yourself you possibly can be each and single every day. Uh, so, just for instance, like if you went Friday against Lamar, you can't just kind of decompress and all right, amen, Saturday. Yeah, all 12 are big. That's it. I mean, they're, they're all big. So, the, you know, the focus is literally one day at a time right now. You know, do your best job of, of getting better. Um, do your best job of competing that day when the moment calls for it. So, you know, we're not worried about Friday right now. We're not worried about Lamar. Uh, we're, we're seriously about worried about tonight uh, practice. You know, we're going to go out recruiting after the coaches show. And uh, I was going to ask you that. Did you have a chance to go? We I mean, did, with this, yeah. That's another thing with this break here. Yep. You get a chance to see some players, you know. I mean, obviously recruiting never stops and be able to see those guys that you're recruiting compete for some championships now, right? We actually had the ability to have uh, Catholic that was in here and playing St. Amont uh, this weekend on, on Friday. They got a chance to play after we inter-squatted. So, uh, and then got a chance to see some JUCO stuff this weekend. We'll go see some more junior college stuff today. So, again, that's always part of it, right? People people don't realize that, you know, hey, man, it's not just the recruiting season and the baseball season. They're all tied into one, man, uh, where you're trying to recruit guys and also continue to build for the next year's. At the same time, you got to stay in the moment where your feet are now and, and, and also build this team, you know, get them to continue to develop and continue to win and, and at the level you want to win at. Matt, I want to ask you, you know, that's one thing I, I really, you know, I – I tip my hat to, to Jay and what he's done as far as 
I feel like we've had a lot of high school games on our campus. You know, oh, you look yeah. you look around, oh, yeah. uh, and not just baseball. I'm talking about all sports. You know, yep. you think back to during the pandemic when they were letting you know the, the Catholic League down in New Orleans come up yep. and play football at Strawberry Stadium. I feel like y'all been playing teams have been playing high school games on y'all's field what on Mondays yep. for every year. I mean, since I can remember, yep. uh, you know, you had the high school the select championships here a year ago. They have the soccer championships. I mean, that's got to be big to have kids and parents and aunts and uncles just on your campus. Uh, I mean, talk about that. I mean, I know you just mentioned Catholic and Santa Mall played yep. here this past week, but that's – I mean, what you'll probably have, what, 12 or 14 games on y'all's uh, field? Uh, yeah, definitely. Games, yep, uh, yeah, during the springtime, yeah, we have a lot. I mean, it's literally one or two a week. And so uh, – You like you know, that? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's a chance for the kids also to see the, the university and the campus and the facilities and, uh, you know, envision themselves playing here one day. So, you know, if a, if a young man is talented enough, we start to recruit him, you know, they kind of fall in love with the ballpark and see the the kind of intimacy we continue to talk about with you know what Hammond has to bring and obviously what the Pat has to bring and uh, you know again we don't have to go far evaluate we can sit right there uh, we've got our analytics you know we've got our Yacker Tech there so if it's an arm I mean that's that's another advantage that we have of being able to play at our ballpark as opposed to we go on the go watch them at their high school field obviously they don't have the analytics there you know all we're watching is a radar gun so there's some things that we can uh, continue to evaluate from that standpoint just give us more you know again uh, stuff to evaluate them with and, and information so um, yeah, it's a fantastic deal. And then I'll see, hey, man, some of those freshmen who aren't playing our field just yet uh, may not start for the varsity team. But, man, they walk in the ballpark. They see the atmosphere of the ballpark. Uh, now all of a sudden that starts to resonate with them a little bit. And we become a thing in their mind as they continue to go through their high school career. Uh, hey, man, Southeastern's a place that I would love to play. So, yeah. you know, and then obviously they can match up for us. So I think it's fantastic. You know, obviously the, as much as we can possibly do it, we put them on there and we get them out there to go be able to – be able to go play and sometimes at default we're trying to finish up inner squad right and we got a high school game being played at our ballpark that they're waiting on us to finish up to be able to do it but uh we'll always make it work because i think that's a huge part of our recruiting and a huge part of building our brand the game has certainly changed and the amount of data that's available is incredible you know i'm just sitting here thinking listening i'm sure some people are listening and thinking uh you know, go to their ballpark and all we have is a radar gun you know like so you know there's so yeah. many different things that are that are getting measured these days uh you know and with spin rate and all this stuff, exit velocity and all these things. Uh, you know, technology has certainly made its way into the game. But, yeah, I think that's a great thing, being able to have those people on your campus. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's take a break. We come back. I'm going to catch you up a little bit on the presidential search. I know that's something we could squeeze in here uh, maybe for the next 10 minutes or so, and then we're going to turn our attention to Lamar this weekend as they'll be in here. We'll get Matt to break those guys down, give you a, a scout report on the Cardinals, break it down from our perspective here at Southeast. And also I want to get Matt to comment on – the construction. If you if you've been driving by, uh, we have we have walls. I mean, they're not totally boxed in yet, but we have walls up. You can see the total framework. It, yeah, it's all framed up. Uh, you know, it went from a slab to we got Matt to comment on all that here coming up. So make sure you stay with us. This is Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Riser, uh, presented by Creighton Townsend Homes, right here at K Street Seafood Station on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back. About halfway home here on Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Riser, uh, presented by Creighton Townsend Homes. Uh, we're here at Kate Street Seafood Station. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever you may be listening to us here. Uh, certainly a, uh, a different week for us because we had no games this week. You know, uh, you know, we're used to that in football and like that where you take a, you have the bye week in the middle of the year in football and baseball. That doesn't normally happen, but we had a weekend off this week, 10 days in between games. So certainly trying to catch up on everything 
going on inside of the program. I am going to catch you up a little bit because it's it, we're in a big transition point. Uh, Dr. John Crane's been here for a long time here at Southeastern, and uh, our president is retiring at the end of this semester. So I know there's a lot of people wondering about what's going on with that. And I had an opportunity as the president of the Lions Athletic Association um, to be a part of this selection committee. Uh, I got to work with Dr. Henderson. They put together a 12-person committee, uh, six like community uh, people that are on the board, on the advisory committee, and then they also bring in six members of the uh, Louisiana system uh, to, to be a part of the selection committee as well. And it was really a unique situation. I'm going to break all that down for you in just a minute. Before I get to, the, to that, though, I do want to get Matt to comment. I kind of alluded to it on the way uh, to the last commercial break. Matt, we've got that, that clubhouse all framed up. Yeah. And this kind of you know, works hand-in-hand hand because one of the things that we, with all the candidates uh, with Southeastern as far as the presidency position, not just the athletic side but also the academic side of the university, we just have so much to offer right now. There was so much interest in this job to be the president of our university. And I think that just shows, you know, I think everybody sees the potential of what this place could be and how far we've already come. Yeah, just the grow of the brand, right? I mean, just where we've come from, you know, this is going to be year 16 that I've been at Southeastern. And uh, obviously my circle has, has become very well aware of what Southeastern has to offer. But uh, family members across the country, the same thing. man. They, just the amount of attention that, you know, we've gotten across and, and now going through airports and seeing people line yeah. up, right? And just the brand's really, really, really grown. We've done a fantastic job of that. And honestly, I thought with the rebrand, uh, with a logo and everything else, the, just the unity of the university itself and athletics together. It just shows you the path going forward that we're all in this as one. And um, yeah, like you said, I thought you know Dr. Crane's done a fantastic job. We wish him a happy retirement. You know where we've grown since he's been here, man, has been tremendous. But uh, you know, obviously, this next hire is going to be be big for us. And on Thursday, we'll find out. It but certainly is. I, I don't think we would call off the air. You know, the two finalists we have left. I don't think we can go in the wrong direction. I mean, there's there's a lot of interest for a reason. Uh, we've got two very very qualified candidates to continue to take this thing and continue to grow it in the direction we want to go in. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of let you kind of how the process went. And, and I was new to this. You know, when they asked me to be on the on the committee, I was really excited to do it because I just didn't know what to expect. This is something we haven't done a lot. And, you right. know, you think about some of the presidents we've had here at Southeastern when you go back to Dr. Moffitt, uh, Dr. Sally Clawson, and then obviously to Dr. Crane. You know, we've had a, a nice run here of con continuity. Yep. You know, a lot of – I think all of those might have been – uh, after Dr. I think Clawson was uh, evaluated from within, I mean, uh, elevated from within, and then also Dr. Crane. So this will be the first time that we've actually kind of gone out of the circle in a while uh, to, to bring somebody in here to Southeastern. And so the process went, you know, we went down to, we went to Baton Rouge, and the systems, uh, they got a ton of interest in the job. They had narrowed it down to 38. Uh, they had gotten 38 qualified applicants for the job, and then they narrowed it down from that a little bit. And then we had to narrow it to five in well, actually, you could have narrowed it to three or two, but we couldn't get past five because we thought there were five outstanding candidates uh, to come to campus, and that took place last week. And this was all open to the public. You can go on YouTube and watch the interviews and things like that, but it was Monday and Tuesday. And, Matt, I'll tell you, some long days because, <laughs> you know, you had to spend a couple yeah. of hours with each candidate, and then you had to spend time deliberating. Uh, and then our job was to narrow it down to two to present it to the Louisiana board, right. uh, Louisiana system board, and that's what's going to happen this Thursday. But to kind of tell you a little bit about our finalists, uh, just so you have some background information, um, Dr. William Wainwright is uh, one of the finalists. A lot of people in this area will know him. He is, uh, he is a local product because he is the chancellor at the North Shore Technical College where that college has done a 
tremendous job of growth, you know, under his leadership. And he works directly in really the five parishes uh, that is kind of our feeder parishes, I guess, so to speak. Uh, very impressive. Has had a ton of local um, support behind him because of what he's done uh, in the in the technical college here at North Shore and then also his relationship with Southeastern. He also spent some time down in Delgado. So those that are listening to this saying, hey, what's the connection to sports? He yep. was at Delgado. Uh, I know um, – Baseball coach down there, Sherman, Sherman who yeah, I know you're very, you're very familiar with, yep. spoke very highly of Dr. Wainwright. Uh, so certainly he brings a ton to the table. Uh, and the other one is Sebastian Van Delden, and he is the uh, dean of the College of Charleston uh, over uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. But he actually spent time here at Southeastern as a department head, then had an opportunity to be a dean at College of Charleston. And just to kind of tell you how College of Charleston works, it's seven schools inside of the college, and he's the head of the one school. So he hasn't been a president or a chancellor, but he has been a kind of a head of a school just uh, over at College of Charleston. Uh, very fascinating man, uh, a guy who grew up in the Caribbean um, and has done a really good job. He, I think he's of Dutch descent, but he's an American citizen now, uh, you know, has a Ph.D. in – uh, in, sci- in computer science with artificial intelligence. So really a really an interesting man um, uh, that we really enjoy getting to know. We've got a great, great job getting to know both of these guys, and I think either one of them will do a tremendous job uh, here at Southeastern. So, again, if you want to know more about these candidates, I would I would suggest to get on YouTube. You can Google their names. Uh, they're, they're all over there because all this is like public record. You can go in there and watch all these interviews. But it was certainly a uh, – a, it was a very – very um, enlightened time for me and kind of opened my eyes of how this process works. And Dr. Jim Henderson, he's the president of the Louisiana Systems. Brad Stevens is on the, the board. Uh, he's kind of our representative for our area. But there, there's a tough decision to be made, Matt. And I'll tell you, I, from the bottom of my heart, I really believe that no matter which decision we, that, they, that they make, because we're out of it now. You know, now the voting members take, care, take it from here. Um, when I say we, I'm talking about the community members that were non-voting, that we were just as the advisory committee. Uh, I think either choice would be really, really good here for Southeastern. Well, and, and why it's so important, right? I mean, we're sitting there talking about the president being hired, and, you know, also it, was, it goes back to, well, you should be more worried about the athletic director too. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, yes, the athletic director is a huge part of this and what Jay's done and what it's grown to. But, you know, the next guy that comes in, the president, if you've got both of them on the kind of the same page, and not saying that Dr. Crane wasn't, but the new one coming in, right, is on the same page with, with Jay and, you know, obviously his vision, his sight. The growth of the school, man, is just it's going to go grow tremendously. And, and when I say that, it's because we recruit student athletes, right? I yeah. mean, we we got guys obviously coming here with ambition to play in professional baseball, but uh, they're here to get a degree. And again, we're we're going to get uh, very qualified uh, students, right? Uh, that, that 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 take education very seriously, the same way they do their baseball. Uh, and that's what our whole athletic department is based off of, right? Uh, competition and, and community and obviously in the classroom as well. So, uh, you know, the hire that we make is, is, is going to help us continue to grow our academic side of it to continue to continue to get, you know, those high academic kids uh, that come in and, and excel on both sides of it. They excel on the baseball side and they excel yep. on, on the uh, classroom side as well. And then obviously, man, the growth that we're trying to do from a facility standpoint, not only from the, from the academic standpoint to put us in the best buildings and facilities we possibly can, but from an athletic standpoint as well. So, hey, man, now we're getting top-tier students 
and we get top tier athletes as well. And and sometimes we gotta get creative, right? I mean, we're we're a stadium institution, and uh, you've gotta get creative with the the situation, the money. Sometimes having the president uh, being able to help Absolutely. you do that also is a huge, huge part of that when you start talking about government funded money. Yeah, and one more point about this, uh, you know, and I don't know if, if um, as many people that are associated with athletics understand, you know, what's going on, on the education side, but nationwide across the board since the pandemic. Enrollment is down right. in higher education, you know, and, and we're, we're down. Right. We're down from what we've been, and this has been a big institution, uh, and it is third largest, third largest, in, the, largest, third, third largest yep. in the state. Yep. And I know that both of these candidates, Dr. Van Delden and also Dr. Wainwright, they have both seen exponential growth wherever they've been. So when you look at the Technical College uh, here in Hammond under William Rainwright, they've added more campuses. They've continued to grow under uh, Van Delden over at College of Charleston. When he went in there to hit the, the dean of his department, the dean of his, uh, his school, uh, you know, that was they were struggling in enrollment. Their enrollment has exploded. So I think that was one of the things that really was drawn to both of these candidates as well is the ability to grow our brand uh, and, and grow enrollment and get it back up because – you know, that, that's where the money comes from. Yeah, the no more doubt. students you have and you can yep. pay tuition. So that's something. It's going to be very interesting. So make sure you stay t- uh, tuned there on Thursday. Uh, it was a really incredible process. I'll tell you, the other three candidates <laughs> that didn't make the final two, they no. were great too. No uh, I mean, I, I think any five would have been a great president here at Southeastern, but these two uh, were the ones that were selected to be finalists. So certainly keep an eye on that and, and, and pay attention to it because it's important. It's not just important. To athletics is not just important to the university. It's important to our community and our region. 100%. It is it is very, very important to what's going on, and I think that either one of these uh, guys that has the opportunity to be ne- called the next president will certainly make us proud, and we look forward to that here on Thursday. So that's just a little tidbit on that. I know that I had got a lot of calls uh, and people texting me and say, hey, I'd like to discuss this or talk. You know, uh, I couldn't believe the amount of people that reached out. I guess from being on the committee, just wanting to put in input, and, and, and that just shows you how important this is. And, it's again, I think it's also really uh, unique this time because we haven't done it in so long because Dr. Crane has had such a long run here in Hammond. We have about 20 minutes left to go on our show. We're going to turn our attention over to the Lamar Cardinals as they're going to be uh, Southeastern's opponent for this weekend. We're going to talk about that here in, in just a moment. Uh, Matt, you talked about the, the building going up. Yep. And, you know, that's one of the things – that I know that's been a vision for a long time, and we've been talking about that building for a long time, Matt. <laughs> yeah. And I've always said you've done a really good job of getting players and the quality of players that we've gotten here when you have to walk across a parking lot to go to the field and get dressed. You know, yep. that's when one of the challenges of what's been taking place here. And for people that don't know, the Southeastern Baseball Locker Room since I've been associated with it, is on the second floor of the Dugah, which is across the parking lot. you got to walk 200 yards to get to the baseball field. Yep. So kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit uh, with that facility, that's got to be a breath of fresh air. Uh, it, it really is. Well, and you talk about, you know, this is, this is 100% fundraised money, but uh, we're not using government dollars on this. But when you talk about, again, just from an administration standpoint, what you're hiring and what you're getting involved with, the amount of red tape we've had to go through. I mean, this was something we had, you know, talked about possibly last January starting on. Obviously, just got started. I don't know, maybe two two months ago, uh, and already to see where it's been erected to. Right? I mean, we've got you know a two-story building going up, completely framed out, it's getting a roof on What's it. What's the, the square whole nine foot, yards. Matt? It's like 2,200 square foot. Um, you know, the guys will be on the bottom with their locker room and their space, and then the coaches' offices will be up top uh, with a training room as well. So we'll have you know both spaces there that'll be all located 
needed at the ballpark to be able to do everything we need to do. But, um, you know, that's the thing, man, that, you know, you have administration that, that understands that and helps you get through some of the state red tape stuff and you get creative with some of these ideas can help you help you think through some ideas to get some things done like this. And that's why this is, you know, such an important hire for us and, uh, and helping us move forward. And, uh, again, why are we in this position where we had so many great candidates? Uh, just like you said, we've taken and we've grown it so much in the last 15 years. You know, from when I got here 15 years ago, it was in a great place, but we've continued to progress in the right direction um, exponentially. And obviously now that's why someone was taken and take it even further to, to where we need to go. And this building is a huge part of for our baseball program. Uh, I got a chance yesterday in, <coughs> in practice to sneak upstairs, right, stand out on the porch and watch the BP underneath the lights and just uh, – Teared up a little bit, thinking about how much time and effort and energy has been put into this, the foundation of all the players that have come through the program that have, have put all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears to continue to you know grow this program. So now, hey, man, here's a clubhouse being built at the at the field. So, um, you know, very generous to, to those uh, men who, who put in the time and effort and energy into it uh, to also get us to this Absolutely. point. And it's going to be – obviously, it's going to be a, a tear shed on the day we move well, in what's there. The, what's the completion date? What are they saying? Do they have given you an idea? They haven't given a completion date yet, but I would – I would be for next year. I would be, I would be on the safe side to say we'll be in there by January of next year. That would be awesome. So, again, a lot of exciting things going on. It's a big time on campus here, here at Southeastern. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. The new president coming in. We've obviously got the construction going on there. And then it won't be long. We'll be breaking ground on the new athletic building, which uh, right if you it. haven't seen or heard of that about that, uh, ask some questions. Which it's is gonna, completion date of fall 2025. It's going to be fabulous. Yep. It is going to be absolutely fabulous. Uh, looking forward to that. It, it can be a game changer for our athletic program here at Southeastern. So a lot going on. Uh, but let's get back to the present. Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get you ready for this weekend as Southeastern, again, takes on the Lamar Cardinals Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, four conference weekends left, two midweek games. You do the math there, that's 14 games remaining here in the season as this team is in a position where they got to get some work done. they got to make some moves here in these last couple of weeks uh, to give themselves an opportunity to get back to the NCAA tournament by uh, giving themselves the best opportunity to win a Southland Conference championship here in Hammond. We're going to talk about all that and get you ready for this last four-week run, and it'll start this weekend against Lamar right here on Inside Southeastern Baseball with head coach Matt Reiser, uh, presented by Creighton Towns and Holmes at K Street Super Station on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Inside Southeastern Baseball. I'm Coach Matt Reiser, presented uh, by Creighton Towns and Holmes. Uh, we're here at K Street Seafood Station. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I'm Alan Waddell. Again, we do this every Monday from 12 to 1 o'clock here at K Street Seafood Station. As Southeastern was not in action this past week. Actually went 10 days in between games as they took on Jackson State last week, and then they won't play again until this Friday against the Lamar Cardinals. Uh, kind of unique the way it fell, but... Again, Southeastern looking at this as a way to kind of recharge the batteries and get ready for this stretch run. 16 games remaining, four conference weekends. It will start uh, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Lamar Cardinals. And, Matt, let's talk about Lamar a little bit. Yep. Uh, this is a team that, man, you talk about uh, getting off to a good start. These guys were 9-0 out of the gates, beat Texas A&M, beat Kansas State, swept Oakland. Uh, beat SFA, uh, beat New Mexico State, had some really good wins in there. Um, so this is a very talented baseball team that's going to be coming in here this weekend. 
Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Lamar is Lamar. They've always had talent. It's just a matter of them, you know, being able to put together to win some games. And like I said, get off to a fantastic start the same way we did. I think they were one of, you know, ten teams or eight teams left in the country that were still undefeated at one point in time in the year. And obviously has gotten into to conference play and, and has struggled a little bit the same way we have. So, uh, you know, by the numbers, Lamar's leading the, leading the conference in ERA. In all honesty, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that for them. Uh, they, they they do a pretty good job protecting uh, their situation, but when you look at the runs given up, right as a club, uh, they are leading the the conference and you know uh, least amount of runs given up. So uh, you know they can pitch it, they throw strikes. Uh, you know they're they're second in the conference in, in strikes. Uh, least amount of walks, I should say, uh, from that point of it. So, you know, they're going to come in and, and, and be able to do that, compete on the mound and give themselves a chance. You know, you look at the weekend rotation, uh, all three stars are throwing a three-something ERA and do a good job of pounding the zone, that kind of stuff. So uh, it'll be a weekend. You know, also we got to be, be ready to hit. A little bit different offensive look for them. Uh, I know they've got the Snell kid in there that swings and hit home runs in typical Lamar and hitting fashion. You know, they've been gone for a year and, and now just uh, obviously coming back into the conference. Yeah, had a really so. good year last year. They did. And we, we didn't year. get to see that because they were in the whack. That's right. That's right. So, you know, traditionally they've been a team that swings uh, for a lot more power. Uh, you know, just you know, they'll be a team that kind of leads the conference and home runs will be at the top tier in home runs. And uh, only 20, 10, 28 home runs as a team this year. Uh, you know, and then obviously they, they typically don't run, but they've got 55 stolen bases this year. So uh, a little bit different Lamar club, I think, than what we've been used to seeing. Uh, some similarities on the mound of what they do on the mound, but offensively, you know, going to move the ball around a little bit. And I've uh, got one of the best hitters in the conference in, in Ryan Snell, their catchers. Had him a great year. I think he's got 12 doubles and 13 homers and, you know, almost 40 RBIs. So, um, again, you know, you kind of asked off the air, man, how, how, how's Lamar? How's the Cardinals? In all honesty, like everybody else, uh, you know, it's about showing up this weekend, playing yeah. our game. Play good, you win. That's, play bad, you're going to lose. That's, that's <laughs> typically it, right? You throw strikes, you catch it, you throw it over there, and you hit it. And in the moments you need to hit it, uh, you'll have success. So, I mean, you know, obviously that will be a lot of our focus this week is, you know, making sure we're prepared for Lamar, but, you know, fine-tuning our, our style of game, right, of what we need to do and, and be better at what we're doing. Um, and, and it's been, been better. Uh, again, you know, we had this little break this past weekend, but I told the guys to still continue to build off the competitiveness that we've had the week before against McNeese and Lafayette, you know, those four one-run games. That looked more like our edge, our competitiveness, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to be a little more mature in some things that we're doing and, and how – how we're focusing and how we're competing in some of those moments. The energy's got to be, uh, you know, a little bit more directed towards uh, us in those situations and not get so emotional, caught up with the game with the fans and the umpires and the opposing team. Uh, if we can do a better job of that, man, we can make a real run here to this uh, back half of this end and, and put us in the position we need to be in. And when you're looking at the, the standings, one thing you got to keep in mind is because of these bye weeks in here, right. some teams have played 12 and some teams have had 15. That's right. So, I mean, this really won't get shook out to really the last weekend when it kind of evens out, right, Matt? I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right And you know, in the sense that – that Somebody, somebody but, has to have a bye the last weekend, but like, right? Yeah, McNeese has got the bye the last weekend. Okay. Uh, and obviously Lamar's going to play this weekend. So, after this weekend, Lamar's only got two weekends left. So, right. you know, again, you put yourself in a position where, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that, it is that late for them, right? We've got four. Uh, they've got three series left. Same wow. thing for Incarnate Word. You know, you might look at them at nine and six and go, hey, man, they're a half game out of first place, but they've only got three weekends left, right? Yeah. Obviously with one of those weekends. So you have more you have more opportunity. There you go. That's what we're kind of essentially getting to. So, you know, uh, again, with the bye weekends, it kind of makes the standings look a little different than others and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, again, we'll, we'll get after it this week and, and continue to practice. And, uh, you know, uh, again, no midweek games. So we'll have guys 
guys ready to rock and roll for the weekend. All right, let's ask, let's talk about your rotation a little bit because I know yep. thinking back to the McNeese weekend, you mixed it up. You shook it all up. Uh, now, you know, obviously with all this rest, with this long, you can kind of set this thing how you want it yep. moving forward. So I don't know if you're ready to give that out, but uh, but have you thought about about that process? Because now with the, with this gap, again, you've been able to kind of reshuffle the deck a yep. little bit, and now you can start clean with everyone. Yeah, exactly right. You know, uh, essentially you, you can kind of – it's almost like the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Where you right. can kind of set the rotation how you want it, where you want it. You know, you always get kind of funny in the middle of the year, especially when you play every weekend where you get that Thursday uh, series because of Easter, and sometimes maybe you want to throw the midweek guy on Thursday, keep your other guys regular rotation and rest. And really you just got to see how everybody responds to it. So uh, we're not ready to release the rotation yeah. yet for the weekend. We We've discussed it uh, in some length uh, this morning in our, in our staff meeting and had those conversations. But uh, obviously I think the, the positive of this is you saw what we did when we challenged Brenda Stupert, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we talked For about sure. it. For sure, much uh, better. Did we know exactly that Kinsler was going to be able to throw Friday against McNeese? No, we were hoping to. Uh, we had Jack Walker kind of hanging in the wind that we were going to start on Friday night against McNeese if, if Kinsler was not able to respond well to his bullpen and be ready to go for Friday night. But at the end of the day, hey, man, the statement was, hey, Stupert, you haven't pitched well, man, and we can't continue to do this on Friday night. And, you know, hey, man, you're going to move to Sunday, you know, accept the challenge. And also he responded really, really well to that against McNeese. So it was good to see Stupert's back like Stupert. Right, uh, Aussie Landry's been pretty good for us all year long, and to see Kinsler back healthy, and uh, I thought he responded really well to his outing uh, last week at McNeese. You know, just from a, a recovery standpoint, so all those guys look healthy, ready to rock and roll. Uh, again, this is this bye weekend's been a weekend for us to kind of get back to full strength. Jake Killingsworth actually swung the bat last night at practice, so That's good. Uh, it'd be nice to get him back in that lineup as well. And, and when I say back in the lineup, actually healthy back in that lineup. I know I put him in there a few times just because I love the competitive. And it tears me up every time I don't play him because he's one of our best competitors we have, uh, also one of our best hitters that we have. But, uh, again, he's got to be able to perform at the level we want to perform at from an injury standpoint. So it was good to see him take some BP last night. Uh, so, again, yeah, just a good week to kind of get everybody ready to rock and roll and, and make this run here at the end. You also mentioned at the uh, top of the show uh, that Adam Guth yeah. threw this weekend. I mean, you, you talk about bad luck. This is a guy that, you know, last year – I mean, really kind of saved us. I mean, he went yep. in there on Friday nights yep. and, you know, as a true freshman and was able to pitch really well down the stretch. Yep. Got off to a great start this yep. year. I mean, uh, five and two-thirds innings pitch, has not given up an earned run at this point, uh, nine strikeouts. I mean, he was great, and he had a little injury bug. Yep. Uh, I mean, are you anticipating? I know you said he threw. I mean, can he throw this weekend? I mean, Yeah, uh, no, he's ready to go. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's ready to rock and roll. You know, uh, we had a, a little slight scare when he kind of warmed up, but, uh, no, everything's good. You know, he's, he's got his strength back in his lower half. He had that meniscus tear. We got cleaned up, and, and also yeah. he's worked hard with Cruz Dunn, our athletic trainer, to make sure he's getting the strength back to be able to do what he's got to do. And um, and he looked good there uh, again on uh, on Friday. So you know, also now it's a matter of conditioning him to be able to maybe go a little bit longer stints at some points in times. But you know, to have two of those left-handers now in Guth and Jackson Rodriguez, both of them were very very good out of the bullpen for us. It'd be nice to have that weapon coming back. Yeah, absolutely. So again, Adam Guth, that is good news uh, for Lion fans. If you didn't hear that at the beginning of the show. He was able to throw uh, this week uh, in an inner squad game against Southeastern with 10 days off. And, and Matt, I'll just ask you, you know, you got, we just got a few minutes left to get here on the show. And uh, at this point, I, I don't think you expected to be where we are, you know, especially with the start we got off to. But, but we are where we are. And we yep. have four weekends left. We got two conference games. I mean, how do you make sure that this thing finishes up the way you want it to? 
Well, I, I started, you know, in that conversation a little bit. I mean, it's a it's a day-to-day of being the best version of yourself. I mean, we know what we're capable of. And, uh, again, some of those injuries kind of showed their head. And it got tough to score runs there for a little bit, which makes it difficult to win games if you're not scoring runs, no matter how well you're pitching. So, uh, and then, obviously, we started scoring some runs a little bit and then just weren't finishing off some games. So, now it's time to put it all together. Uh, and I think our best focus to do that is – is not to focus on what has what was right. Uh, I mean, all through all, very well aware of where we are. In the same sense, not look too far ahead. I mean, it's got to be literally a day-to-day uh, type mentality of just be the best version of ourselves. If we do that, uh, we'll be in good shape. We'll put ourselves right in the position that we want to be in, and everything that we've set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year, uh, we'll be laying right there, there in front of us for us to accomplish that. And so we'll continue to stay in that that mindset. Uh, continue to keep that edge about ourselves and that competitiveness level about ourselves. I mean, that's what we are and who we are. And we discussed that in length last Monday. You know, we had a team meeting uh, after the coaches show. And, uh, you know, good old Mamu, man, always shows a way to continue to show how, how much he's impacted this program. I showed them. I showed them the video from his commitments, uh, the commitment, uh, commencement thing we did uh, last year for Mamu Day. And the little video that, I don't know, Damon put together was probably about a minute and a half, two minutes long. But, I showed him the video and said, hey, man, there ain't another competitor here more competitive than that dude. Look where his energy is directed towards, directed towards dugout. There ain't a better teammate than that dude. Look at, look at all the pictures of him being the first one off the dugout to pick up his teammate. Uh, there's not a guy with more energy. Don't tell me you can't control your energy. Look, there ain't a guy in this room with more energy than what Mamu had. Look how he controls and directs his energy. So if we can, can get back to that part of it, right, I don't know why it got directed in a different direction. I mean, social media that they – they like to see the retweets by 11.7 or whatever it may be and the swords by Bauer and all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, we have always been a team of energy. We've always been a team that has loved to compete and always will be. Uh, just got to make sure it's directed in, in our manner and we're, we stay focused because when we start focusing on other things, the umpires, the opposing team, the fan base, whatever it may be, uh, we lose focus on what, what our mission is and, and obviously can get off off track there. So we've got to do a good job of that from a maturity standpoint. Uh, I thought this weekend was fantastic for those guys, those leaders kind of get together and, and kind of – you know, continue to build that, man, because you got to trust in those guys. you got to believe in those guys around you. Uh, if you don't, then, then, then it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a helpless cause, so to speak. So uh, I thought we did a really good job of getting that part taken care of. So, hey, man, it's going to be a fun ride here at the end. Uh, you know, again, this time of year uh, is always fun. Uh, when May gets here and June gets here, you start to play for championships and so on and whatnot. And, uh, you know, right now it's just about competing and getting out there the next day to be able to do that part of it. So we'll look forward to getting after it practice tonight at 645. All right, there you have it. Again, Southeastern back in action this weekend. Uh, 16 games left for Southeastern. Uh, no, 14 games. 14 games. 14, yep. I'm sorry. 14 games left here for Southeastern. Four conference weekends uh, and then two midweek games. So certainly got to turn it up a notch here. It's hard to believe that we only have that many games left. Actually, we just started this thing. Yep. But that's how quickly this thing goes by. So, again, we want to thank everybody for joining us here today and also those that are tuned in with us as, again, Southeastern will play Lamar this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday here at the Pat as uh, they take a quest to get back to that conference champ- uh, tournament, win a conference championship, and get back to the NCAA tournament. For Matt Reiser, I'm Alan Waddell. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Southeastern Baseball with Matt Reiser presented by Creighton Towns and Holmes and Kate Street Seafood Station on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network.